Happy Hanukkah and welcome to Yerushalmi Brachos Daf Lamed Zion. We are in the Ozohutter print, and may the Aura of Hanukkah help inspire a better understanding. We mentioned yesterday this idea in the Mishnah that we started off Nashim Avadim and Ketanim, our Potter from Kriyashma and from Tefillin. And there's a whole problem about why specifically are the women Potter from Tefillin. So I'll just make a quick note of this. I have three Auras for today. Um, and there, I'm not going to go into the exact details about the difference between the Babel Yerushalmi and this, but I will make a quick note about the famous Mahokas between the Rush uh, and the Rambam um, about Sus Lila, whether it's Pater from Sitzes. There's a lot of Dukim in the Yerushalmi here. I and Shum, if you're doing it inside, just, you'll see that there's a difference between whether you hold the, the Begit is Mechliev over time when the Begit is, is being worn. Pajamas worn at night, pajamas worn at day, etc. Kiadua. Okay, so the Gemara says, how do I know that? The Gemara asks, Nasha Minayin, how do I know they're Pater from Tefillin? Because it says, They're excluded. So the famous Kasha on this is, if you hold that it, it's a Mitzvah Seh Shazman Grama, which means that any Mitzvah that's constant, like belief in Hashem, that's not a Seh Shazman Grama. There's no time that's causing it. Or any Mitzvah Losa say that you're not allowed to do something, even if it's at a specific time, like Chametzan, Pesach, etc. That women are Chayv in Kuliyama. But the question is, um, but but when it comes to mitzvah seisha, as man grama, for for example, if you hold that fill in your putter um, at night or your putter on Shabbos, then it has a specific time, even if it's a large time window. But still, any time the women are putter. So therefore, um, if that's the case, so um, then it's obvious that women are putter. So some Rishonim explained this Gemara, but it's saying that it holds that you're chayav and fill in all the time, and you're not putter on Shabbos, you're not putter on. Um, at night. Now, that doesn't mean that they would hold that you wear it then, because maybe there are other exclusions, but it's a whole conversation. And other Rishonim say that it's just reinforcing what the Mishnah is explaining, like the Gemara sometimes asks, like, how do I know this thing? But anyway, that is an interesting aura, just to keep in mind. For example, the Rush in Hilchus says that our Gemara here is holding that it's not time-bound at all. Um, and really, women should wear Tefillin, but now the Pusik excludes them. Again, there's a lot of interesting questions. I think we talked about this earlier about, for example, according to Yerushalmi earlier, that said that you're putter on Shabbos because it's an oath. We, we brought down there were two, so uh, two different reasons. But one of them was because there's a kasav. The other one was because it's an oath, and there and you need the oath of bris or tefillin as com- two combined, at, or Shabbos and bris. But since you don't need three, and you only need two adim, so therefore you're putter on Shabbos. We asked the famous kasha, but let's say somebody was a hemophiliac, and therefore he didn't get a bris because he was putter, or usher to get a bris because his brothers died. Would he have to put on tefillin on Shabbos? The Beis discusses this. Obviously the answer is no. We all know that logically. Um, but um, it's interesting how Ara. Anyway, not for now. So, the next thing I want to talk about is a very interesting idea, which is um, children, when are they chayv and mitzvah tefillin? So there's a very famous machlokas between Rashi and Tosis whether the Mishnah that says that kids are putter is that a child that's lo which is Tosis pshat, or is it according to Rashi that he he reached chinuch, but it's, it's since it's not he's not consistently by his father, um, so therefore he's putter. Now it's interesting they both argue about how to read the the, the Yerushalmi, but um, with all due respect to Tosis, Rashi's pshat seems to be the pasha pshat in the, in the Yerushalmi. Although he did mention that Tosef that does seem to mashma like. Like the tosis, but anyway, so it says Torah should be in your mouth, and Tadarba, It's only when you're consistent. Now, let me just zoom out for a second. Meaning, normally for chinuch of a child, let's say a kid is higila chinuch of six, seven, eight, nine, depending on their intelligence level, we're supposed to teach him how to learn Torah. We're supposed to teach him how to wear tzitzis. We're supposed to teach him all the different mitzvahs. All even the mitzvahs say, like the sefer chinuch says, ani yeshen of alibi er. There are um, 
out of a 613 mitzvahs, many of them we can't unfortunately do nowadays. But Ayin Resh, or Resh Ayin, really, 270 of them we actually could fulfill nowadays. Many of them have to do with Karbonos or specific to Kahuna, etc., etc. And out of that, I believe it's, there's 14 mitzvahs say that actually apply. I believe that's his number in the Sefer HaChinuch. But anyway, so the point is that most of them, there's a mitzvah of Chinuch. So why is it that even nowadays we have a bar mitzvah boy usually puts on tefillin, depending on your minute, but usually about one month before the bar mitzvah. That, that's a very short amount of time. So we know Baldi and many other people explain that the Indian is that he has to be able to pr- uh, protect himself, keep himself um, not to pass gas in them, and to keep his body clean, etc. So therefore we push off wearing a tefillin until literally right at the age of bar mitzvah. We give him a month just to get used to it because it takes about a month to get used to it. There's a halacha brought down on this farm that a yasam, Rahman al-Litzlan, a boy whose father died, should put on tefillin a year early. Um, and the Archa Shulchan brings us down. This was the Minag. Unfortunately, it was a lot more relevant during Europe. Of course, it's in the European times when people died, but, um, you know, a lot of people died younger. But nowadays, of course, it, it still happens. And so the question is why? And he says that there's no source in Allah that explains it. So there's many different Bavarshim that give different reasons, but I believe that some of it has to do with the Babli and the Rushami's reason. And I, I'll give you three reasons that uh, just. It should be for Torah for just to, to, so we understand it better, not that it should be relevant to anyone. One of them is that the kid is not mature. Rahman al this child, lost his father. So therefore, he has a certain more maturity that, that he's that he's come to. And so he is more trustworthy um, that he'll be able to protect his body better. And so therefore, because of that, therefore, this Yasam puts it on earlier. Another shot is because normally we put it on a, a month early to make sure that he's doing the mitzvah right. So he shouldn't be a karkafta lavanat film by the time he gets to 13 at the bar mitzvah age. Here, this child or cholatlan doesn't have a father. So he doesn't have anyone to be mechanichim in his life. So therefore, we make sure that he wants that we want him to put on the tefillin a year early to make sure that he gets the proper chinuch because he doesn't have a father. And the last shot is that it's when a person does Torah mitzvahs in this world, it's the biggest sechus for his parents that taught him. And so therefore, maybe that this is an extra sechus for his father that passed away that this son should put on tefillin. Anyway, that's just an interesting idea about what the Aruch HaShulchan calls no makar for that. The last R I want to share with you today, it's very interesting. Um, that might surprise you, actually, because it's based on the Tosis and Brachos, Dafyadalaf, I believe. So it says like this. The Gemara says that why is it that um, Rav Yossi and Rav Acha were, were talking and learning, and they said, what's the difference between sukkah and lulav? That sukkah, um, you make one bracha, and if you don't leave it, you never make another one. Most of us leave, or we take our das off of it, even if you sleep in it. But lulav, you have to make a bracha every day. So the Gemara says sukkah only applies it. Sukkah applies day and night. Therefore, a person could stay there forever and only make one leisure basukkah the whole sukkah. Obviously, it's not so relevant, but that, that's possible. But lulav is only something during the day, which is why the Ashkenazim, we say women are putter, but they're allowed to make a brach on it and take it. And the Svartim, they hold that they can't make a brach on it. But anyway, either way, it's Mitzvah Seisha's Magrama, just going back to our last conversation. So then Rav Yaakov said, wait a minute, but Talmud Torah applies Yom Velayla, yet we make a bracha, Berchus Torah, every morning. So what's going on? So it says, no, no. Gemara, he says, the Gemara answers sukkah, um, it's possible never to interrupt because you could just sleep there. But Talmud Torah, it's impossible not to stop learning. Now, I think we both understand what that, I think we all understand what that means, but it actually doesn't exactly mean that. It means that basically it's interruptible, even like, for example, when you go to sleep in the sukkah, so therefore uh, you're still doing the mitzvah, but when you go to sleep, you're not doing the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. So, Rechaim Kanievsky is definitely the king of Yerushalmi and also the king of the Yisbah Yom Velayla. So he explains that the mitzvah of Talmud Torah has, has in it an interruption intrinsically that could happen. Therefore, every morning there was instituted to do bracha. Now, you might ask, wait a minute. So and if that's true, right, it's Tosas Yudal on the base. It's where Moscow Shekavar. Tosas there asks that 
um, when a person goes to business, he, he gets up in the morning, Davin Shachars, learns a little bit, goes to business. When he comes home, he should make a Berchus Torah again because he forgot about learning. So he says, no, your mind was on it the whole time. So then which one is it? Is your mind on it the whole time or not? So the answer is that really technically, even when you go to sleep, your mind could be on Torah, but Chazal where it goes, it, since it's something that you interrupt and go to sleep, therefore you have to make a Berchus Torah again every morning. It's Mechalish Bechol Yom Tuvah Ma'asibratius. Maybe that's some of the remez to why we have to make the Bracha Berchus Torah again in order to remind ourselves that we're always looking for a new, deeper understanding of Torah. Uh, which is really, really interesting. And another shot that the Magen of Ram seems to say, to explain a little bit more, is that it's like Birch Shachar that we make another bracha um, on it, even if you... It, it's something that just comes in the morning. Again, it should be part of our day. Torah should be part of our day. So this, Yerushalmi, is very interesting in how you tie it into that tosis um, and, and this idea that we don't take our mind off the Torah, but to a certain element, there is an element of, of going to sleep or interrupting so a person does. That's what I was going to say. The last thing I was going to say is that the uh, children of the Grah, in, his intro- in the introduction they wrote to Shulchan Aruch, they say that their, their father slept for uh, four 30-minute increments a day, less than 30 minutes. And the reason was because he held that Shisha nis- Nishman, the 60 breaths, that a person's not allowed to sleep, otherwise they're, they're Makabal Tuma, etc., and it's like they're dead. So that was 30 minutes. That's what he held the Shira was. So he always slept less than that, but he needed four segments of two hours. And they said that his mouth was moving the entire time he was talking and learning, and he got Soto Satora while he was sleeping. So even the Vilna Gon needed to sleep because he needed to learn, but even he would have to make a Berch story in the morning. And the Raya is that there's that Rechaim Velazhen writes a story that I mentioned here a few times in the Hagdama Tetzafrit's Nusa about when the Grah um, did not make Berch Satora and therefore uh, or was thinking during davening. He writes about these things as well, and he says that you have to make a Berch Satora even to think and learning. Ayin Shem, and I hope this helped bring light into our lives with the beautiful words of the Yushami and the Rechazal.